Welcome to Speaking of Grace, the weekly message podcast from the Whole Life Church in Orlando, Florida. We're a multi-ethnic, multicultural, and multi-generational congregation committed to our mission of loving people into a lifelong friendship with God. We are committed to our vision of being a church without walls, fully engaged in serving the people of our community. Thank you for joining us as we continue Speaking of Grace. Oh, there's something about live music. Thank you to the worship team. That was lovely. For the month of May, our sermon series focuses on transition and navigating change. When I was first asked to speak, I think I had the reaction of many. I'm not a pastor. My name is Joan Newell, and I am a work in progress. And just like all of you, I've navigated a lot of change and transition throughout my life. I've learned a lot of things from change. And as I share my personal stories with you, I will share how change is hard, change is scary. However, change can be important and beautiful. I must confess, I'm one of these people who only likes change when it's my brilliant idea. If it's my idea, then of course it's a wonderful change. I do believe God allows us to go through change because it teaches us to lean into him. And in most cases, it forces us to grow. And we all know the saying, if you aren't changing, you aren't growing. Before we dive into the types of change that I've mentioned, let's look at a few definitions of change. To make someone or something different, alter or modify. Another definition says, replace with something else, especially something of the same kind that is newer or better. Keep these definitions in mind, and I'm going to circle back to them later in the sermon. Now, let's talk about the four types of change that I mentioned, starting with hard change. I could go really deep and get very vulnerable about some hard change. However, I'm going to talk about something that might make you chuckle. Adjusting to being married. And not that we won't talk about the multiple layers of hard change, This is just the part of my story that I'm going to share with you and something I don't think a lot of people talk about. One of my hardest changes was adjusting to being married. Now remember, I said that any change I initiate is a great idea. However, nobody gives you a handbook or peek into what the blending of two lives is really going to be like. From the small things, like my husband likes to roll the toothpaste really neatly, and I just squeeze in the middle and go. I tend to be adamant about the house being really clean, and he tends to be blinded to that. To larger life choices, like finances and lifelong plans. Having to compromise and communicate all the time and adjust my daily life was hard, and some days it was exhausting. At first, I was so perplexed. 
I thought this was supposed to be the honeymoon stage. I guess that was lost on me. Personally, I describe marriage as an adjustment phase, as the blending of two lives. And as time goes on, that change has gotten much easier. For all of you who may or may not know, my husband Joe, yes, we are Joe and Joe, will be married for seven years this July. And I consider, thank you, I consider our marriage to be one of the most grounding and rewarding parts of my life. I love you, honey. We can't talk about hard change without acknowledging there are so many layers to hard change. Losing a loved one, losing a job, losing yourself, divorce, and all the hard change that we adjusted to in 2020. I know I'm guilty of using it, but if I heard the word new norm one more time in 2020, I thought it was going to scream. For better or worse, we're on the other side of it. The hard changes that came with 2020 forced us to pivot, forced us to grow, and forced us to get uncomfortable. And it forced us to come together as a community like we've never done before. And for many of us, including me, it forced me to lean into God like I've never done. Most people lost loved ones in 2020. I don't believe anything completely takes away the pain of hard change like losing a loved one. However, I do believe in God's promise. In the Bible, in Psalms 147, verse 3, it says, He heals the brokenhearted and binds their wounds. There might be somebody listening to this sermon today whose heart is broken for maybe no doing of your own, no change that you ask for, or it was the doing of your own and a change that you asked for, but you thought would have a much different outcome. You feel broken, but nonetheless, let me assure you, you're not alone. I've been there too. What I've learned is, it is from the broken pieces of our lives that God constructs the biggest platform for which he displays his glory. I think that's so important. I'm going to say it again. It is from the broken pieces of our lives that God constructs the biggest platform for which he displays his glory. I read that in a book once, and from then on, it has brought me peace. So, scary change. This is a little less lighthearted than adjusting to being married. The year was 2016. I was working for a company for many years that I loved. I love my colleagues, and I especially love my boss. I had no intention of going anywhere anytime soon. My resume wasn't updated, and I'm pretty sure I wasn't even active on LinkedIn. In December of that year, things took an unexpected turn. Two weeks before Christmas, we learned the company would be closing. Many people would be out of work at the end of the year, and some at the beginning of 2017. 
At the time, I was a vice president on the senior leadership team, which meant I had to break the bad news to a lot of our staff just two weeks before Christmas. It is probably one of the most heart-wrenching and sobering things to tell somebody they're out of work two weeks before Christmas, especially when they did nothing wrong. I remember it being particularly hard to tell one of our new employees who had shared with me that her family had experienced housing and food insecurities and how thankful she was for a job this Christmas, how she was looking forward to Christmas dinner and buying her kids toys. Telling her she was out of work two weeks before Christmas, that experience nearly broke me. This was not a change I was planning. This wasn't a change that was my brilliant idea. This was something I had no control over. And to be honest, I was scared. Scared for everybody who was going to be out of work. Scared for the impact that it was going to have on people's lives. Scared that that family might fall back into experiencing homelessness. Scared about starting over. Scared about having to put myself back in the bad job hunt. Many of you who know me well know that I am an introvert. I tell you this because an important part of finding a, prof- a new job is your professional network. And at the time, I really didn't have one. So here I was, staring unemployment in the face, with no backup plan and no professional network. I don't know how many of you have ever been in this situation before. For me, I felt debilitated. I knew I couldn't allow myself to fall back into depression or wallow. I've been there before, and I didn't want to go back. I did the only thing I knew how to do, which was cry and pray and eat a lot. I started volunteering here at church, and that's when I got involved with a wonderful organization from outside in. I would love to tell you, because of my prayers, that I got a wonderful, amazing job, and that's the end of the story. That wasn't God's plan. I did get another job, but it paid much less and did not really align with my skill set. The fear of being out of work for too long seemed unbearable. Plus, there is also this little thing called paying bills, apparently really important as an adult. Here I am, years later, standing in front of you on the other side of that change, in a much better place than I could have ever imagined. I'm back in a senior leadership position, and even broke a glass ceiling earlier this year. We'll talk about that another time. When people ask me about my life and career, I always say it's like a quilt. The individual pieces by themselves don't make sense. However, when you sew it all together and stand back and look, you truly see the beauty of it all. Here's what scary change taught me. I'm not in control. God is. 
that was a hard lesson for me to learn because I like being in control. Growing up, I was called bossy. I don't consider myself bossy. I just knew what I wanted and I like being in control. And if you weren't going to handle the situation, then I was. It's ironic how some of those characteristics are now considered leadership skills. <laughs> Up until that experience in my life, I was truly under the false impression that I controlled my life. That's what society teaches us, that we are in control of our own destiny. Now, don't get me wrong. I do believe we have free will. However, if my prayer to God is for him to guide my steps, I have given him control, and I must learn to trust him and have faith. Furthermore, God was not interested in, in what society has to say. He needed me to go through this scary change so I could understand that important lesson. The Bible verse that resonated with me during that experience and still does to this day is Philippians 4, 6, verse 7. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. The verse doesn't say God is going to make it perfect. It says, do not be anxious. When I read this, I believe God is telling us that he is in control. And no matter how hard or scary the change might be, we must trust him. If you're faced with or going through a hard or scary change, it's going to happen whether you embrace it or not. I encourage and empower you today to embrace the change, knowing that God said he will never leave us or forsake us. In Deuteronomy 31, verse 8, it says, The Lord who goes before you, he will be with you. He will not leave you or forsake you. Do not fear or be dismayed. Okay, we've talked about hard and scary. What about important and beautiful? I'm going to talk about important and beautiful change in tandem. Important change can be anything from deciding to walk with Christ to deciding to live a more intentionally healthy life. Our church, our whole life community, has just gone through a change. For better or worse, it was an important change. After 37 years of being a devoted missionary for Christ, Pastor Andy retired. We couldn't work him forever. It was important that we allowed him the blessing to retire so he can enjoy the next journey of his life. For many of us, the news of Pastor Andy's retirement hit us like a shockwave. Because we knew it was coming one day, we just never knew it was going to be the last surprise of 2020. This church for me is home. When I first came to this church at the time Florida Hospital Church, I was broken and in a very dark place. It was a point in my life that I felt so lost and alone, and my relationship with God was barely existent. I was new to Orlando. 
I didn't really have any friends. My career was not on track. I was drowning in student loans and struggling financially. I ended a tough relationship, and the list seemed to go on and on. I hadn't accomplished anything I expected of myself. I woke up every day feeling empty and alone, and the disappointment in myself was overwhelming. This church has fulfilled in my mind its mission of loving me into a lifelong friendship with God. If I'm being honest, there are times in my life that I questioned my walk with God, that I questioned being Seventh-day Adventist. However, since joining this church, this community, all of you have helped me mend the parts of me that felt broken. In December last year, in a private baptism with my husband by my side, I was baptized for the second time in my life by Pastor Andy. It was something I felt so strongly about because I had chosen to be a Christian. I have chosen to be Seventh-day Adventist. So naturally, although I knew changing pastors was an important change, I couldn't help but wonder if it was going to be hard and scary too. I'm very blessed that I was asked to join the committee with other wonderful church members in finding our new pastor, Pastor Ken. I know each committee member took their job very seriously, and a lot of prayer, a lot, a lot of prayer was involved. I had the opportunity to sit down and talk to Pastor Ken in person. Not only does he understand our vision and mission, church, he embodies it. I found him to be honest, kind, open-minded, loving, and eager to learn. I believe these characteristics align with a church without walls and loving people into a lifelong friendship with God. Our whole life community is going through a change. It might be hard. It might be scary. However, it is important. And if we come together, like the community that I know we are, and lovingly welcome Pastor Ken and his family, this can be a beautiful change. In closing, I want to leave you with this. Remember the definition of change that I spoke about in the beginning of my sermon? It showed change as an opportunity, not as a threat. When faced with change, look for the opportunity and the silver linings. I know it isn't easy, so here are some best practices that have worked for me. Lean into God. I know sometimes it's the last thing you want to do, especially when you feel he's giving you a change that you don't understand. Cry, scream if you have to, just don't lose hope. Allow yourself time to process the change. Everyone processes change differently. Give yourself grace and time. Three, allow your community of loved ones to help you. Many of us, when going through tough times, we shut people out. I read this book called The Happiness Advantage, and it talks about when we're at our worst is when we need people the most. 
I have a community, some watching online and some in person today. Thank you. I couldn't do this without all of you. And if you need a community, I'm here for you. And I mean that. Fourth, most importantly, so if you haven't been paying attention, pay attention now. <laughs> Keep hope knowing that we aren't here to stay. We're just passing through. As long as we live on this earth, we're going to be forced to experience change. Change that is hard, scary, important, and beautiful. Hold true to what the Bible teaches, that one day, one day, he will wipe away every tear from our eyes, and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain. For the former things, they've just passed away. Hi, this is Randy McGray, podcast producer and host here at Whole Life Church. Loving people into a lifelong friendship with God is our mission at the Whole Life Church, and our podcasts, Speaking of Grace, and its companion, 15 with Andy, Randy, and Jeff, are designed to help facilitate conversations that help us grow together in that pursuit. Now that you've heard the message for this week, don't forget to check out the Whole Life Takeaways for this message. Swipe up in today's show notes and join the conversation. Speaking of conversations, each Wednesday morning we take a closer look at the week's message. That's right, the one you just listened to. We discuss practical ways to apply spiritual lessons and ask honest questions about the issues we face as Christians. All focused through the lens of grace. Your voice is a welcomed addition to that conversation. We encourage your thoughts and your questions by sending a voicemail or text to 407-965-1607 or send an email to podcast at wholelife.church. You can find everything podcast-related on our website, wholelife.church slash podcast. And plan on spending every Tuesday evening and Wednesday morning with us as we bring you the Whole Life Church inspiration you love straight into your headphones. Thanks for listening, and have a great week.